You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Today we are welcoming Monica Tato from Viva Kids Learning. Monica is a mother of two who is raising bilingual and bicultural children. She was born and raised in Honduras and came to the United States to pursue her studies. After receiving her master's degree in neuropsychology, she worked in community behavioral health as a licensed professional counselor on the U.S. border for almost 10 years. Once Monica became a mommy, she knew she wanted to raise her children bilingual and be connected to their heritage. Seeing the lack of resources readily available and feeling like finding books or games in Spanish was more like a scavenger hunt, she decided to create Viva Kids. Viva Kids is a place where parents can come find community information and tools necessary when raising bilingual and bicultural children. Her Instagram and Facebook pages celebrate the diversity of our cultura and also provides information related to cultural identity and how to incorporate culture in everyday routine. In this interview, we talk about her identity formation as an Hondureña in the United States and how she has been intentional when raising bilingual and bicultural children. Her shop, La Tiendita, is a marketplace created to support bilingual educators and parents raising bilingual and bicultural children. The books and toy selections are carefully curated to include authentic books that reflect our culture, provide social emotional learning resources in Spanish, honor the beauty, and are a reflection of our diversity and traditional stories that can continue to be passed down to the next generations. Viva Kids Learning is dedicated to supporting Hispanic or Latina women, small businesses, and authors. We had a great conversation, and I hope you learned so much about Monica as well as her business. So, Without further ado, here is my conversation with Monica Tato from Viva Kids Learning. Hola, Monica. ¿Cómo estás? Hola, muy bien. Qué gusto estar aquí con vos. Sí, mucho gusto en conocerte. Estoy uh, muy agradecida que estás aquí y hablar más sobre tú y tu negocio, Viva Kids Learning. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and what is it that you currently do? Okay, so I was born and raised in Honduras. My parents were immigrants in Honduras. My dad is from Spain and my mom is from Panama. And so they just, long story short, they moved to Honduras and they had all of us there. So once I decided to go to college in the U.S., I don't have a super exciting story. I just got on a plane, got a student visa and came to study in Louisiana. And so, yeah, so fast forward, I'm now a mom here and I'm raising two children, bilingual and bicultural. 
and I have my business. It just had its five-year anniversary. It's a business dedicated to honoring, celebrating, preserving, teaching, sharing our language and our culture with our children and with anybody who wants to participate in the celebration. Yeah, that's, that's what great. we do. Mm -hmm. That is great. And we'll definitely touch a little bit more about your business and what you're doing to the community as well. But first, I would like to get to know you a little bit more. Also for our listeners who would like to know a little bit more about you, Monica. So can you walk us through your cultural identity? And, and the reason why I'm asking this is because you're so outspoken in social media about this and specifically about your experience and how that was like when you first came to the United States. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, it was an interesting experience because I've always been considered myself being a daughter of two immigrants. I always was consider myself multinational. So I always identified as Catracha, which is Honduran, Hondureña. And, but I also always identified with that side of both sides of my parents. That was always instilled. When I came here, I knew I thought I knew who I was, pretty connected to my roots, but I also had to learn another layer of who I was and where I was. Mm -hmm. And so insert there like new forms that I had never, it was truly the first time being by myself, filling out, to give an example, uh, official paperwork and things like that, and having to figure out where do I fit in in the box? Like I'm Honduran, what else am I? Soy Hondureña. Right. And so yeah. then having to explore now that I was seen and that I had to identify on a certain box in a certain group. And so that's that still is a learning process for me. There's still a lot. When you talk about cultural identity, culture is something that's very fluid. And so you can it can change depending on who you are, where you're at, what's going on around you. Now, I always felt a very strong connection. And so even in the moments where there were episodes of uh, a lot of acculturation or a lot of assimilation, which means like I was like really getting absorbed by the culture around me, I always got pulled back to, to, to my roots. So I definitely identify with being a catracha, with being a Latina, being Hispana. And so, and yet these two terms, these two new terms that are part of my identity are still things that I continue to explore and understand what they mean. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing because oftentimes in the United States, they put us in this bucket, ¿verdad? Latinos. And it's like, well, you don't know our story you don't know our dialect, you don't know our culture, our preference in music and foods, right? Like it's not a homogenous group. Mm -hmm. And, and so yeah, with your experience, right, and now raising children in the United States, like, how does that look like in terms of you raising children in a different culture, but still having the sense of identity? And, and your partners as well. Can you kind of unpack that just a little bit as far as with what you do and what you strive for in terms of raising children to have this meaningful identity in their culture? Right. Yes. So yes, the, the terms Latino and, and Hispanic, I have sort of a, a love hate relationship because mm -hmm. what I love about them is that they give us a sense of community and, be and belonging to a group of people that we perhaps speak the same language and have shared experiences. But 
what I don't like, or sometimes feel like it takes away and erases all that identity, all that uniqueness of each one of our nationalities or our groups, our communities. So with my children, I, I, I openly speak about all of the above. I talk to them about what this term means, what it looks like, um, about the fact that I'm from Honduras and that's what I identify. And this is what Hondureños, we eat, we drink, we dance. And so they're, so it's always been pretty intentional and very specific about what it is that we're doing and learning about. When I talk to them about Honduras or about Spain or about their heritage, because those are also part of their heritage. So we also celebrate the other part of them too, that they're born and raised here. And so we also honor those pieces. And I've had to sort of come to terms and be at peace with the fact that they're not going to be a carbon copy of my cultural identity. Yeah. Like they're, they love when they see the Honduran flag somewhere, it, it just melts my heart that they get so excited. <laughs> but how I feel is going to be different what they feel when they see those colors or when they hear the anthem. I mean, they identify it, but they're going to have their own identity. And so I present to them everything that's important that I you know that is those values and those treasures from where I'm from mm-hmm. and I present them and I give those to them and then they're going to decide what they hold on to and make part of who they are right yes yeah. yes I love this I love that you have been outspoken about being intentional, right, about raising bilingual and bicultural kids. One question I have for you followed on what you said is, what are some tips that you can share to Latina moms specifically, because this platform is for Latina moms. So what tips can you share to them about preserving their culture while raising children? Yes, I think that we tend to like get super overwhelmed and say, how are we going to do it? But I think Mm -hmm. the main things is to have to be intentional daily, to be practical, integrated, integrate little pieces into your daily routine. It can be a playlist here. It can be a dish a week. It Mm -hmm. can be just a show or a book and finding those little resources that are going to help you provide those little pieces of input. Just like the language is very parallel to when we are raising bilingual, same applies to bicultural is being persistent, being consistent, Mm -hmm. being practical and integrating it into the everyday. And most importantly is creating that connection, that emotional connection, making it fun. Yeah. Uh, that's always first. And then it it just kind of snowballs from there. Right, right. Yeah, I'm honestly thinking about this right now. Dia de Muertos is coming soon. And, and I feel like Dia de los Muertos has been more predominant now since the movie Coco. Oh, <laughs> and yes. I feel like often a lot of, yes, like so many families are now implementing that in their households. But for me growing up, like I grew up here in the U.S. and my parents are from Mexico and they didn't show that to us like we we didn't do any of those traditional things Mm -hmm. for dia de muertos it was always halloween just halloween and now i'm like yeah i want to be intentional to show these this bicultural side of things to my son 
about, okay, this is what Halloween is, but after October 31st, we're going to switch over and do the traditional things that, that you do in Mexico, especially because his grandma on my husband's side, she's from Oaxaca. And unfortunately, she didn't bring that into the household. And mm. I think it was the 90s, right, where... I don't know, like I, we, we grew up in the nineties and Spanish was considered like a deficit. You didn't immerse yourself into the culture or language in the schools. And unfortunately there's still some school systems that are, that are that way, but it is so important to at least bring that into the household. Right. Um, right. and yeah, just the intentionality piece. I, I love it. I, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I see a lot of that resurrection and reconnection of new generations, mm -hmm. especially for young mamas and papas who are born here and their parents came here. It's like a lot. And I, like I told you, I've also gone through episodes of where you culture and, and then you assimilate. And then there's some things that kind of get pushed back and you can always go back and bring it back front and center and reconnect with it and offer that to your children in the next generation. So I love that there's that resurrection of the culture and bringing back traditions kind of lost in, in past yes. generations. Yes. Oh, I love it. Resurrection of the culture. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It truly is that. I see people who skip languages. I see it a lot here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing all of this is like so new to me and I, I really approach it with like a lot of curiosity it's like how did how did we get to this point here and you see the systems and you see the policies that contributed to that erasure and elimination and almost extinction of cultural and tradition and I love that this new generations were, were pushing hard to bring it back and reconnect and have our children have that opportunity that if they wish to hold on to them they can Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes you wonder about like, just like previous generations in terms of like how culture may have been lost or language may have been lost and traditions oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yes. yes. And I'm sure that you see that more in Texas. I live in, in the Chicago area, so I'm only speaking like two, three generations back, but four or five generations. I mean, I'm sure that that really made an impact in terms of how people are raised and how they even identify themselves right. when we know that in the U.S. it's a black and white kind of society. Like we're mm -hmm. clumped into a specific category based on our appearance without really mm -hmm. knowing where our roots come from or where we really come from or our ancestors come from. So right. yeah, it, it's very interesting. And so I'm glad that, yeah, like there is this shift and redefining kind of like, okay, this is perhaps where my family comes from or my ancestors come from. And now I'm going to sort of redefine my identity based on what I actually want to identify myself in this mm -hmm. country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. The beauty about identity is that a lot of times people think that it's imposed on you, which sometimes they are those like names sometimes and labels can sometimes be imposed on you, but ultimately you get to choose. Yes. who you identify with you have that option and that's why I want to present to my children like as much from my culture so they can choose what pieces make who they are yes absolutely I love this thank you so much for sharing about that because I definitely wanted to touch on this first so I think we can now shift gear as far as with Viva Kids Learning and so 
Can you tell me a little bit more about what inspired you to create Viva Kids Learning? Well, it was a need. Like everything, yeah. necessity is the mother of invention. And not that I invented anything new, but I decided to start a Spanish learning center. What we were initially is a Spanish learning center. I tried to get my son, who's now 11, in a dual language program. And we applied and we were not, we were not able to get in there. There's a whole lot of stuff that is nonsense, in my opinion, as to why. One of them being that he was already bilingual. But anyway, that's mm. another story. Uh, that's a yeah. struggle. Yep. 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 <laughs> so I was like, exactly why we want to maintain. And they, in the program that I was trying, they were like, they wanted them to not speak any Spanish. But anyway, so what happened was like, okay, then what do we do? We had moved from Arizona and I already had all my support set up and I moved to a new community, pretty monolingual English. And again, we're away from family. And so I'm like, I need, I need something. And so I had been doing a story time in Arizona and I knew that if, if, if we open up a place or, or space for parents who are in the same position, we'll find each other. And so, and so I started that learning center and then it was, it became kind of my tribe. Yeah. And so we'd go to schools, we'd have parents come as early as with children of six, nine months, and we would teach and celebrate Spanish and language culture. We'll do cultural events every month and a big posada for Navidad and just sharing that with the community. Pandemic hit and we had to go online. And that's kind of where the Tiendita kind of, the, what it is what I, now the main component of the business, I became a resource for parents and for educators who were looking for bilingual books, bilingual resources, books in Spanish, authentic books, games, mm -hmm. and even things for, for us. Like I'm always looking for things for me that connect me, even if it's like a little soap or a little pen or something <laughs> that I feel like, ah, this is part of, you know, me. Yeah. And so, yeah, so COVID also had a little bit to do with, with where we are at as a business. And I moved again, <laughs> just because of my husband's work, we had to move again and so the only the piece that I was able to bring with me to this new community was the online store which is actually pretty exciting because I've discovered so I've been given also the opportunity to pursue like the line of products and other things that are coming down pretty soon that are things that will help us connect and celebrate our culture their products yeah for parents like us so yeah, that is great yeah and I love how you started this because you literally mentioned that this came out of need, necessidad, right? And and yeah, and unfortunately, you don't see a lot of stores or even like spaces for bilingual children. And and I've been sharing this um, out on, on social media at this moment about a bilingual playroom that I took my son and it is the only one in Chicago. And I'm That's like, why <laughs> in yes. the year 2022, right? And yeah, it's mind boggling, but I love how entrepreneurs like you, you thought of this as a necessity, as a need. And now look at you, like you're, you're flourishing. I mean, there's so many resourceful information, not just through your platform, but also like the products that you sell. And 
I know that we have talked about intentionality in terms of raising bicultural bilingual children. And I love how you're also intentional as far as with the products that are in your shop. Can you tell me a little bit more as far as with, I don't know if this is your purpose, right? But as, as a consumer, this is how I'm feeding it, like that you are intentional as with the products that you sell. So can you tell me why? Yes, I am super picky. Everything that is in the store are products that I've used myself as a mom or when I was teaching at schools and at the center. They have been super useful, great tools to help uh, with language and culture mm -hmm. and also to increase visibility that our children feel seen, heard, that our communities feel seen, heard. They're there is a lot more now there there used to be when I started this journey 10 years ago. There's a lot more books. There's a lot of more resources, music, everything. But there's still a lot more that we need. Yeah. And, and yes, I'm also a licensed professional counselor. And so I also feel the need of putting, kind of curating the list of books to help us give our children an emotional intelligence in both languages also so there's a lot of books that talk about fun stuff but there's also a lot of books that help us process a little bit deeper and get in there at another level in our language and with our culture and then I feel like where we come from is like there how many countries there's like over 21 countries that we speak the language and that you don't see all that. You're starting to see books and you're starting to see, but I, I want us to be able to have all those tools to connect. I'm from Honduras. I go to Honduras. I don't find things for my children that I want them to learn about books or mm -hmm. things like that. So that's why I'm like, again, necessity is the mother of invention. And so I'm, I came up with a little poster from Honduras and we get together and we color and we like, oh, remember when we went here and we did this and we're coloring that piece and so it creates that connection with them we haven't been here we learn about it and so maybe mm -hmm. one day that's the goal we'll go and visit that place but they already saw it they already know about it we're gonna learn about you know, the next poster is Colombia so we're gonna learn all about Colombia and they're gonna connect the dots and then they have all these pieces they can connect with friends from Colombia or they can share that that knowledge mm -hmm. with other people so it's just part of creating that global picture mm -hmm. for our children too. It's like, it's not, you can't pick us in one little box. Exactly. There is so much that exactly. even, even when we're from Latinas that I'm like learning as I'm creating all this, I'm like, Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> oh, I so, bet. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. I love this because yes, our language can connect us in some capacity. But as we talk about culture, as we talk about foods, music, literature, even our skin colors range. There is not just brown, right? When oftentimes Americans think of us that way. Right. And so I love that there is representation in your shop, not just between the books and, and the toys, but just like your your brand speaks to that as well and through your social media account. So yeah, you're, I, I just love the intentionality that you have there and also just to provide as many resources possible to Latina moms or parents that they shouldn't clump themselves just because they grew up Mexican-American or Hondureños, like they shouldn't just look at those specific products that are related right. to their country or their motherland. 
Right. You should also consider other things so that you can learn. And I think it's all mm -hmm. about the learning experience. Everyone mentions how parenting is also a learning experience and it's just another cool layer to add when adding yes. all of these educational resources that you can add and, and learn and grow with your children along the way. Yeah. 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 It's definitely the intention to open up those conversations that sometimes can be hard to for parents. And so we want to yeah. give those resources and tools and language to talk about race and ethnicity, which are sometimes topics that people are like, I don't know, when do I begin talking about that? It's like, here, here is when you can, and here's a book that helps you present it. And then part of making our communities multicultural is to not just stay with, with within our, like you were mm -hmm. saying, you know, just within our little group. It's like, let's celebrate everybody because everybody is priceless and it just adds on to who we are to have this much diversity and this much celebration of cultures here. And so I think that's the goal is like, what can we do to make our communities multicultural and celebrate everybody? So Absolutely. yeah, that's the goal. This. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what's behind. That's what drives what our plans and what we're doing is we, we want that for everybody. Yes, yes, I love it. And in your social media account, you mentioned that you consider yourself as a conservation advocate. And so can you tell us a little bit about what that means and how do you implement that in your business? Yes. So what I meant by conservation and, and now that I see it, it's like, oh, that could be open to many interpretations. And I kind of <laughs> like that because what I meant in my classes and, and you'll see as some pro products roll out and there's actually a couple of posts, I'm, what it initially me meant is conservation of like things in our planet, in our culture, like actual fauna, flora, environment, because those are also part of our cultural heritage. Those, those are, are important parts and pieces of, of countries that we come from, history. And so it's conserving, for example, the monarch butterfly. Many don't know that it recently got put in the extinction yeah. list. And so it's like, let's teach our children. Because part of being a good global citizen is, is loving our earth too. Mm -hmm. That respect to Mother Earth and, and, or, or our planet, whatever, however you view where we live. And, and it's teaching that and linking it also to our culture because like monarch butterflies, how beautiful are they and how necessary they are and how important are they as part as they, they migrate to Mexico and they're tied with culture and history and beliefs. So also with the scarlet macaw, it was in danger of extinction, the coral reef uh, near mm -hmm. Islas de la Bahia in Honduras. So I like to advocate and teach that these are also important pieces of our culture and we need to teach our children to love and care for them and, and keep them in mind when we do things because it's part of preserving who we are too. I want to be able to take them there and I Absolutely. want them to take their children there and pass down those stories to their children about those places and those or those animals that are symbols of our culture. So that's what I mean by that. However, I also can see a conservation of our culture and yeah. of our language. So yes, it applies to all of the above. <laughs> yes, I love this. I, I never thought of it that way. Just how we have to be mindful about the things that are happening in our world and how that can impact the longevity or lack thereof 
based upon whether things are going to be extinct, right? I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yes, it is. And and I think it's, I mean, there's a lot that we have going on as parents. There's yes. a lot that, that is on our plate that we feel like, okay, I need to good the values and, and good manners and all this that we get bombarded with that we right. have to pass down. So, so it's hard, but as I've embarked in this journey and teaching mm-hmm. and celebrating culture, the spaces where, where we come from are home to people that have been there for a long time, are home to special plants, unique plants, beautiful forests, beautiful animals, and who's going to take care? Like it's, it's on us to take care of that so it's still there for generations to come and that it's that it's there and what better way to to educate your your children and expose them that way they are mindful about it that way if they feel like there is a need or a way to take action they would already know the reasons why Right. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's an awareness that yes. we are we are all interconnected. And you even if you're not from there, you mm-hmm. you what you do has a weight on what happens. Absolutely. So it's a chain. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Gracias. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. Yeah, I really wanted to pick up your brain as to what you meant. But yeah, I I appreciate you elaborating on that. Yeah, so uh, now I'm going to shift gears again about usually when I interview my guests, I ask them three questions about madrehood in general. So the first question is, what still surprises you about being a mommy? Nothing surprises me. Just kidding. (laughs) At this point, with a preteen, no, there is a lot still that I that I'm surprised at. For example, I you think that as they get older and they become more independent and they can do things on their own, that you're like, okay, now I can coast through this part. When they're little bitty, you kind of know that you need a tribe, that you need a group, that you need those supports from other women, other parents who are in this journey. And you think that, oh, once they're done with the toddler years or whatever, preschool years, I'll be good. I can, I can do this. <laughs> I got this. And you still need that support. You still need that tribe of, again, women or parents, familia, whoever it is, for, to, to have your back for you to kind of be like, oh, what? yeah, and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's hard. Yes. But you're doing, you're doing good or you're giving it your best. So I'm surprised. I thought that I'd be, it'd get easier and you would need that. And you, and you do, you need your supports. You always need your supports. Don't let go of that. I'm also surprised that you, you think like what they're, they're hitting all their developmental milestones and you've put all this work and you're like, okay, well, I don't see it. I don't see it. What happened with the language or what happened with the mm. culture? And like, I'm doing all this and they're not, there's a resistance or you're not seeing it. And then all of a sudden one day there it is. Mm. And it's like a little blossom in that after the winter, like they're just, and it does not cease to be so exciting to see those pieces of like what we were talking about of cultura that you have been planting the seeds Mm -hmm. and you see them come out and it's going to happen, but then you doubt yourself and then it comes out and you're like, ah, there it is. Yeah. So it's always exciting. Yeah. I'm sure it's a great feeling because when you at least expect it, they did what you've been wanting them to do for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I wonder Uh, if they do it intentionally now that I think about (laughs) it. 
sometimes they do they're like oh I know mami le va a gustar so <laughs> yeah. oh, but I think most time it's just it's development it's what's within developmentally where, where they are at too I, I like I was telling a friend with my 11 year old and it's faces but I'm seeing a lot of it now and mm. he's he's 11 and it's like that identity formation part of their development and I'm seeing all that Hondureño on him and I'm like hmm okay muy bien vamos bien vamos bien <laughs> so I love yeah it. Yes, for my birthday, we have a tradition that first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning. And so this past birthday, we're all kind of in a rush. And so my family are like, we'll we'll connect later because they always call me on the phone. But this year, it's crazy. Anyway, we'll connect (laughs) later. And so I knew that I'd get my mañanitas later. And so we're headed to school and we always listen to music to school. And my son's like with the phone because he's a DJ. And then he, like, suddenly he turns up the volume and it's Chente with Las Mañanitas. Las Mañanitas. So I got that serenata from him and that was like, oh my gosh, see that little blossom right there that came from him. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So your work. Yeah. It comes out. So that. So, yeah. But there's, there's always great, great surprises. Your hard work you'll see it yeah it may not be exactly how you envisioned it because they're their own little people yes that's true and and you got to give yourself grace for that too yeah Mm -hmm. because there's this constant narrative about being the perfect mommy the super mama and it's Ah, like no it it doesn't work that way (laughs) yes you need to let go of all those shoulds as a therapist those those are called cognitive distortions which Mm. means that they are beliefs that okay where's the evidence Mm. why do you have to be perfect who wants you to who needs you to be perfect and then you explore all that so you need to give yourself grace you need to be healthy and do what you need to to do to heal so that you can parent too. And we come with a lot of messages sometimes mm-hmm. that we need to explore. It's like, why am I holding on to that message or that tradition? Mm-hmm. And there's some that I've let go of, some that, that need to be replaced. And for each person, it's different. I, I, I am, I, it, for me, it's different than for you. And we all make our choices, but, but we do need to listen to those messages that we have and say, why, why, why am I telling myself that I need to be a perfect mom? And what does that look like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this. And I don't know if this was part of your next question that I was going to ask, but the next question that I was going to ask is what, what is one tip of advice you have for Latina moms? Yeah. So can you tell me what it is? Well, definitely that what we were yeah. kind of touching on right now yeah. is like how, how your feeling matters, mm-hmm. how you take care of you, because mm-hmm. you need to be in a, in a good place, in a good, good feeling. Not that we're always going to be happy. That's ridiculous. They're, we're going to feel everything in the spectrum. But in order to, to, when it comes to parenting, we need to see what, what do we come with and what do we need to work on for us? so that we can be that parent that we need it and that we can be that parent for our children mm-hmm. um, and letting go of those messages that are toxic or, or hard to keep up with, impossible to keep up with. So explore that. Also for mamas Latinas that are kind of vested and want to 
share that heritage and share our culture with our children is kind of also that same analysis. It's like, what's important to me about my culture? What are those pieces that I really want to gift to my children that I want to share with them so that they can have them? And if they so decide, it'll be part of who they are too. And for example, I'm in a position where I'm sharing my children, culturally speaking, with my husband, who is from Oklahoma. And so, and they're being raised here in Texas. So I have a community here in Texas. And so there it's layers of cultures that impact them. And so you have to be okay, not have to be okay, but I've come to a place where I'm okay with like, all those pieces are going to be part of who they are. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be exactly who I am, culturally speaking. And so just, I've had to like be selective, like, okay, these are the important pieces. And this is kind of what we focus on. I present a lot. We do a lot and it's fun. Yeah, I love it. I'm sure it's always an exciting time (laughs) when you bring new ideas or educational pieces to them. And it's great that you're giving them the toolkit, the Mm -hmm. toolkit to, this is what I'm doing. I know that my intention is X, Y, Z. Now it's up to you, right? Right, um, exactly. Inter- based on their interpretation of it and based on how they're going to go about after receiving this information and educational exposure. So yeah, right. I, I love it. Yeah. You're yeah. Them the yeah. Freedom to do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the connection that they get. That's how they connect. Every, yes. every person is different. So yeah. So my tips would be you take care of you. First, mm-hmm. I think as a Latina, we're often told like, todo el mundo primero y después tú. Sí. Los niños primero y después tú. So it feels selfish to yes. take care of yourself. It feels mm-hmm. selfish to take time away from the day to take a course or read a book or engage in some self-care. It goes against a lot of what we are kind of ingrained. It's ingrained in us. So it's yeah. programmed in us that we take care of everybody and then we take care of ourselves. So that's number one is changing that script. Like it's okay. It just, it a healthy you means that you are able to be present for your children. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that and validating that. Yeah. Because in our culture, it is so ingrained about, I think about that narrative about when you're in the airplane and how you're supposed to put the the mask on first Mm -hmm. and then whoever is next to you and that can be so applicable and it is okay that it is applied in in motherhood as as a parent yeah and and i totally agree and so i appreciate you sharing that because in future episodes i definitely want to talk about how culture oftentimes influences who we are and and Mm -hmm. how we make specific decisions on how we parent and mother. So thank you so much for touching on that. So final question I have for you is what is the meaning of madrehood to you? Well, I I find that the meaning kind of changes also through seasons in in some regards however the constant for that would be understanding the meaning of unconditional love and projecting that to your children making sure that that's a clear message unconditional love and also taking on that role of of a guide and providing that direction to your children and letting them find that direction a lot of times that's hard you kind of want to no, you need to do this. Yeah. And and because of that, always being a sounding board too, because the direction mm-hmm. they take might not be where you guided them to go. And 
when when those moments, those hard moments come, learn lessons that we all have gone through, you want to be that sounding board. So just those three things, I think, is is a constant, no matter what stage you're at yeah. with, with your children. So that, to me, is the meaning of, of madrehood, uh, being that that resource, but also being that support. Yes, I love it. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we can talk so much about the philosophy of parenting because I'm I'm getting that vibe. Yeah, thank you so much for for sharing this and also for sharing about your your identity and your intentionality of raising bilingual bicultural children and and about your shop as well and I I am so looking forward to to supporting you as well. I I have things kind of on my cart right uh. now. <laughs> yeah. And one question I was going to ask about the the toys. And and I just thought about this. I was at IKEA the other day and I'm like there's a pizza little toy and there's like hot dogs, pero no hay comida que nosotros comemos. And and when I literally saw your shop, I'm like, yes, this speaks my language, literally. <laughs> it does. Yes, exactly. Again, it's part of that representation. Yes. These And these are gifts that we need to be giving not only our children, but our teachers mm -hmm. in our churches to have in, in the preschools, to have in the PDOs, to have in the Sunday schools, to wherever, because our children walk in and they see their foods or they can share with their friends like this is right. what this is and right. and so we're creating that awareness again with with friends who are not in our in our same community perhaps or in the same culture so yes that is part of the goal is to have that representation and to it's through toys and what a what best way to transmit culture than through play i mean yes. that's how children learn and Absolutely. it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Well, where can people follow you? So on Instagram and on Facebook, we are at Viva Kids Learning. And then I've completely revamping our website, but it's also going to be VivaKidsLearning.com. It's under construction. Okay. And yeah, and so it'll it'll be a lot more of given the information, a lot of what we talked about, like what's our, our mission and what's behind everything we do. And it's also going to have some guest blogs and a little blogging from me. I'll, I'll try, <laughs> give it a try at blogging. So we may have you come in and, and do a guest blog with us. Yeah. So it's all Viva Kids Learning. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank so, you. And I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. And once your website is up, I'll definitely put that out there. Yeah, I, it's so exciting. And, and I love that, again, representation matters. And I think that our children's experiences as bilingües and biculturales are, matter. Their lived experience matters here in this country that it claims itself to be the home of immigrants and the melting pot and all this, but really how are we showing this and, and how are we allowing our children to, to be their themselves, their true authentic selves? And yeah. yeah. I think we need to change the name of melting pot to we're a mm -hmm. big salad because the melting yeah. pot to me is like things have been washed down and that is what has happened and it's true it, it has been a, a melting pot because it means that everything all the flavors have kind of fused and watered down and what we want is for us to be a big salad there's chunks yes. of everybody in the salad 
So, but no, yeah, you're absolutely right. We need to change how all the cultures are valued, how they're viewed and not just stereotypes and pegging into little, okay, you can have this little corner. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, there's a lot of space where we belong and have that opportunity to share who we are and all the beauty, all the colors. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, I love this. Thank you so much, Monica, for joining us and for spending the time to talk about your experience and raising your children and as well as Viva Kids Learning. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mani podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit vivalamami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.